Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and along with Pastor Jeff Cranston, we believe what reformer John Calvin said. Doctrine is rightly received when it takes possession of the entire soul and finds a dwelling place and a shelter in the most intimate affections of the heart. And here at Kitchen Table Theology, we desire to help you receive doctrine and have it move into your heart, not just your head. We're currently looking at a number of things that instantaneously occur in the life of the believer at the moment of salvation. So far, we've unpacked that the believer is a part of God's eternal plan that forgiveness from our own transgressions takes place and that we are adopted into God's very own family. Pastor Jeff, what are we looking at today? Well, hello again, kitchen table theologian and hello, Jen. Uh, we're going to look at the word inheritance. Inheritance. I'm, I'm excited about this. It's, it's, it's one of the riches, no, no pun intended, but it's one of the riches <laughs> of divine grace that God sends our way at the moment, instantaneously at salvation. And I think probably we we get this idea of inheritance. I know probably I first, maybe as a child, got this understanding of inheritance because there was this old 80s movie. This is going to date me now. This old 80s movie that my, my parents thought was hilarious because they loved Dudley Moore, thought he was hilarious, called Arthur. Do you remember that one? Yeah, and I was married when it came out, so <laughs> don't feel too old. Well, dependent, let's see. Well, anyways, anyway, yeah, <laughs> I was going to do the math. <laughs> We don't need you doing any math around. So I think that's where where I kind of first learned about inheritance. He gets this huge inheritance. It was this comedy movie. He still marries like the love of his life, blah, blah, blah. But I guess inheritance in my family, we were not fortunate to come from wealth. So, but we did get a lot of hand me downs, a lot of hand me downs over the years. There were four girl cousins. So, although I was lucky because I was the oldest. So, usually I just, yeah, I got, I got first pick, but I love this story. Kind of falls into both categories, inheritance or, or hand me downs, however you look at it, about an old pair of jeans that was passed down through a family in a wooden trunk that belonged to an Arizona pioneer named Solomon Warner. Have you heard this? Yes. Oh, it, but it's a great story. We got to tell our listeners. No, tell, tell it. It's listeners. a great story. So he beca- so this pioneer, Solomon Warren, Warner, inheritance, inherits this wooden trunk that's been passed down. And eventually it comes into the hands of his great, great grandson, Jock Taylor. What a name. And, I know. It feels like he should be like a baseball player. He sounds like a cowboy. (laughs) But the design of the jeans showed that they were made by Levi Strauss and company. And the fact that they just had one back pocket meant that they were made, get this, prior to 1901. Wow. When the company added a second pocket to their well-known jeans, eager to own the artifact, Levi Strauss and company offered Jock Taylor $50,000 for this one pocketed pair of jeans. Sold. But sold, I'd sell. <laughs> I know, I take the money and run. But yeah. Taylor decided to wait for a better offer and get this, the jeans eventually sold for almost $100,000. So, wow. now that my grandmother has gone on to glory, I'm going to make sure that I go through everything, everything. in that storage unit. <laughs> 
I'm going to look for the one-pocketed pair of jeans. <laughs> you find a one-pocketed pair of Levi Strausses, you got something going. There we go. <laughs> well, you know, so as you look for stuff in the storage unit, good luck. And if you find anything, don't forget who your friends are. Oh, I will. <laughs> you know, Kitchen Table Theology podcast has made you very famous in our footprint. You get recognized for your voice. <laughs> there, there are so many great inheritance stories out there. Uh, I'll share another one. Uh, again, very, very true. This what happened in 1992. Kara Wood was 17 years old working at Dren's Colonial Restaurant in Chagrin Falls, Ohio. I almost bet you we have a listener who lives in Chagrin Falls. It's not too far outside of uh, of Cleveland. So Kara, great employee, bright, helpful, friendly. One of the customers, a guy named Bill Cruxton, he, he liked her so much that he always sat in her section. And mm. he was a widower. He had no children. And he went to the restaurant every day for a meal and, and also some company. And so he and Kara became friends. They were separated in age by decades. So in, in addition to being his regular waitress or, or server, they got to know each other so much that she helped him around the house. And she ran errands for him as he got got older and was unable to do some things on his own. Well, unknown to Kara, she became so important to Mr. Cruxton that he rewrote his will and he made her the main beneficiary. And so he died of a heart failure or heart attack in November of 92. He was 82 years old and he left Kara a half a million dollars. Oh my goodness. Maybe I'm in the wrong line of work. You need to go down to Waffle House and get you a job. I do. I need to make some friends at the Waffle House. <laughs> well, anyway, KTTers, uh, we're we're not just going to share feel good inheritance stories regarding people who've gotten a ton of money. So let's talk about what the Bible says about the inheritance that a believer sees again sees receives. Again, these things happen instantaneously at the moment of salvation. And that's the series that we're in right now. So inheritance is one of those incredible things. So I suppose, Pastor Jeff, let's just simply ask, what is the believer's inheritance? Inheritance? Inheritance. Okay. Maybe I didn't hear you right. Sorry. What is the believer's (laughs) inheritance? So, okay, Jen, the Bible is full of references to the inheritance believers have in Christ. One of the key verses here is Ephesians 1.11. In Christ, we have obtained an inheritance. So, you know, that's pretty plain. There it is right there. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. Other passages that mention a believer's inheritance include Colossians 3.24, Hebrews 9.15. So what do we receive? You just asked the question, what is the believer's inheritance? Very simply put, our inheritance is in a word heaven, heaven. It's the sum total of all God has promised us in salvation. There's other related words to the word inheritance in scripture. The word portion is tied in and the word heritage is also tied into the word inheritance. Yeah. In first Peter one, four, he describes this inheritance further saying that we have been born again into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Now, that sounds a little to me like there are things in heaven that we inherit, not just heaven itself. 
Yeah, that's a good point. So why don't we why don't we dive into what Peter teaches about the believer's inheritance, and we'll just see for ourselves. So Peter distinguishes our inheritance by pointing out some important qualities. First of all, he's letting us know that at that moment of salvation, the believer's inheritance in Christ, and again, all this is in Christ because of Christ, our inheritance is imperishable. Imperishable. In other words, it's indestructible. It's inextinguishable. Try saying that four <laughs> or five times fast. Like inextinguishable. So what we have in Christ, in other words, is impervious to deterioration or corruption. Everything on earth, you know, on the other hand, if you think about it, is with everything on earth is withering. It's rusting. It's falling apart. If you go back to science and high school and college, you, we probably learned about the rule or the law of entropy, which is related to the second law of thermodynamics, which, if I remember right, states something along the lines, there's this natural tendency of any isolated system to degenerate into a disordered state. So things that are in an ordered state on this in this world degenerate into a more disordered state. And so we see that. We, we see the second law of thermodynamics happening all around us. We see it in our homes. We see it in our cars, even in our bodies. Things break down. That's going on with, with my knee. And the first question the doctor asked me, how old are you? And when I answered, <laughs> he just kind of smiled and shook his head and said, yeah, this is what happens because you've reached that uh, terrible age and it ends with a zero. But uh, so this this whole thing about entropy and before I bore everybody to death and the second law of thermodynamics, they have no effect on the treasure in heaven. That, that's the that, that, that took a long time to get to that point, didn't it? <laughs> but Peter writes, our, our inheritance is not of uh, perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. So what we have is imperishable and is not going to de degenerate and break down. Okay, so the believer's inheritance is indestructible. What else? Uh, it's also unspoiled. Okay. I've had four trips, really a privilege to go off four times to the nation of New Zealand. And one time I spent a whole month there. Mm. And New Zealand, have you ever been? No, I haven't. You ever been to Australia? No. Any I was supposed to go, but the trip got canceled. So long story. You got to figure out a way to go. <laughs> That's a, it's really a, New Zealand's a gorgeous place. And it's, it's often referred to as one of the most unspoiled landscapes that we have on earth. I mean, it mm. really is pristine and very beautiful there. And I, I would love to go back, but, but even New Zealand has places which have been flawed. You know, they often experience earthquakes and, and some of them are, are, are quite severe. I remember about 10, 12, 10, 11 years ago in 2011, the beautiful city of Christchurch, where I've been, I've been there a number of times. They had an earthquake there. It killed 185 people. And experts said it was going to cost between 40 and 50 billion with a B to rebuild and to completely recover from just that one earthquake would take Christchurch and its environs about 50 to 100 years. So. Anyway, anything that would distort or debase or degrade the believer's inheritance in Christ is absent. There's nothing that can touch it. You know, nothing on our planet is, is flawless. Even the most beautiful objects in the world have flaws. We can always find an imperfection in anything if we look closely enough. However, Christ is absolutely flawless. He is, Hebrew says he's holy. 
blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens, and we have a holy, blameless, elevated, and pure inheritance from him. So nothing this side of heaven can touch what God has granted us in, in all that. Revelation twenty one twenty seven says, Nothing impure will ever enter the new Jerusalem, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. It's, it's untouchable, in other words, and that's where our inheritance lies. Okay, so we've got imperishable. Our inheritance in Christ is imperishable, unspoiled, and what else? Uh, Peter also says it's unfading, right? So we, we have this everlasting, unfading inheritance. It, it's difficult for, for us to envision colors that never fade, excitement that never fades. I, I can remember you know, being 16. And the night before I could go turn 16, laying in bed to get my driver's license, I couldn't sleep all night. And first thing in the morning, I was up and my dad drove me to the uh, DMV and I got my license. And I, I was, I mean, I was so excited. And now guess what? I don't really get that excited about my driver's license anymore. No. Excitement. You got all excited when you got your Prius and now the, I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> All the excitement is gone. From it, it's gone. It, it is faded for sure. <laughs> well, and that's normal, you know. And again, that, there's the second law again. You know, we can't imagine va- something of value that never depreciates. It, it all, it, it all does. But again, our inheritance, our birthright, is not of this world. And so, the magnific- magnificent intensity of the inheritance that the believer has in Christ will never fade. And then lastly, Peter talks about us having an inheritance. He talks about it being a reserved, reserved inheritance. So what we have in Christ, in other words, is preserved for us in paradise. Your name is written, if you're a child of God, your name is written on your crown of glory, as it were. And as God's children, we have many uh, privileges here on earth, but our actual inheritance, our genuine home, is reserved for us in heaven. So we, we like Abraham, you know, the author of Hebrews said, Abraham, uh, we're like him. We're looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And the Holy Spirit guarantees that we'll receive eternal life in the world to come. And in fact, Paul says, when you were believed, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So that the Spirit seals us. And then the Holy Spirit, we're told, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance? Okay, so I'm tracking with all of these things that are true about our inheritance. But now I have a question based on that last verse that you just mentioned, that the promised Holy Spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So let's make sure that we have this straight. Because we are trusting and believing in Christ, we have an inheritance that all satisfying joy of beholding God's glory in Christ in heaven forever and ever and ever, correct? Yeah, and it, correct. It's guaranteed or promised in the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we that's where we go. He gives us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of, of that inheritance. So, you know, the inheritance is not just about just we don't get that just from one verse. And we don't get this concept of the Holy Spirit being a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance from just one verse either. I read earlier was from Ephesians 1, but in 2 Corinthians 1, we read God has given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Mm. 
And in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, Now he who has prepared us for this very purpose, that's eternal life in heaven, is God, who gave us the Spirit as a pledge. And that word pledge is also translated as a guarantee. But how is the Holy Spirit that guarantee? Well, because when we trusted Christ, we received the Holy Spirit. And since the Spirit will keep us in the faith, we can be assured that we will receive our promised inheritance. So the the Greek word translated guarantee, that when we're saying the Holy Spirit's our guarantee, that Greek word has to do with money. Mm. The the word origin is Hebrew, and, and it means part of the purchase money or property given in advance as security for the rest. So I think you just got a, another car recently, right? Unfortunately, we had to. <laughs> so you're 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 in a jeep now. Yes. So Bluff Un- unfortunately, Bluff <laughs> no, we love it. We just we love the other one too. It just went kaput. It just it gave up the ghost. It did. The second law of thermodynamics got it. It did. It did. It broke down. <laughs> Well, you know, okay, so, you know, a car is a big ticket item. When, when we get a car, I, but now that you've got the Jeep, I am, I'm missing making fun of the Prius. Although the Prius is proving to be with gas prices. Uh, it has. That's why, good. as it now belongs to our daughter, she's very happy about that. So she should be. So, <laughs> you know, whenever we want to buy a larger ticket item, you know, generally when you do that, you give the seller a guarantee. We sometimes call it earnest money or, or a deposit here in America, but it's a guarantee which means we're going to give you some money as the first installment as a guarantee, again, that the rest of the money is is going mm-hmm. to follow. So that happens in today's real estate transactions. You know, last year we sold our home and the buyer made an offer. And with the offer came the deposit. And the deposit was an actual first installment of the total money they they promised us. They had they had taken part of the total cost of the home and given it to us so we could know that they had money and that their money was good. And that's what God does for us through his Holy Spirit. So when God gives us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee toward our inheritance, he's taking a portion of what we will experience in heaven, and he gives a portion of it to us now as a first installment. So even here on earth, we experience a little bit at times of, of heaven on earth. And that helps us understand, hey, heaven is real. There's this deep satisfaction that only God can bring. And we get to experience that. And so the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. So we experience a taste of it from time to time here and now. And it's just a taste of what is to come in heaven. Okay. That makes sense? It does. It does. So we, we get a taste of that now. And then we have the promise of heaven. And then we have the promise of inheritance in heaven. So... As we wrap up, let me ask the question I love to ask here. You know what's coming. (laughs) It's all about the application of inheritance to our lives. And that question is, so what? So what? It's always a good question. So what? Well, okay. So as God's children, we we were adopted into his family. We We talked about that just a couple of podcasts ago. And we now learn we have been assured that we have an inheritance from our heavenly father. So one day... As believers, we will take possession of our portion of our heritage, of our full inheritance. We're better prepared to handle everything life throws at us when we grasp and respect the grandeur that is waiting for us. So in other words, even in the midst of hardships or difficulties, or you're going through a very difficult or trying time, even in the middle of all that, we can still celebrate God and who he is and what he does because we know 
one day we're going to receive everything that he has promised to us. And, and Paul touches on this in 2 Corinthians 4, 17. He said, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been through some deep valleys in my life. And I'll be very honest, in the middle of them, I never really thought, you know, this is just light and a mo- this is a light and momentary trouble. I mean, it felt like the world was ending, right? Yeah. But when you when you start to view whatever you're facing like that, look, this is a light and momentary trouble. And I and it, and it gives us that eternal perspective because it's light and momentary because I'm going to re- receive something that's incredible and awesome and eternal one day. So it, it, it helps us, you know, so the so what question, it helps us keep life in balance. Revelation 21 gives us this very brief but beautiful description of our inheritance. And we're probably familiar with this verse. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So God and mankind, we're going to dwell together and everything's going to be new. And that bejeweled city, New Jerusalem, will be our residence. And the river of life will issue forth out of God's throne. The healing tree of life with 12 kinds of fruit will grow there too. There will be no night there because the eternal light of the Lamb, the Bible says, will fill the new heaven and new earth and shine upon all the heirs of God. And so there you go. There's your inheritance. And all of this and more, (laughs) occurs instantaneously at the moment of the believer's salvation. Right. Well, that's a great place to wrap up today's episode. We want to say thanks, as always, for listening to Kitchen Table Theology. Don't forget to like or subscribe to Apple Podcasts at whatever platform you're listening from. And kindly leave us a rating or a review. And don't forget to check out today's episode notes as well. A big thanks to Danny and her team at Streamline Podcast to do all of our editing and sound design. You too can learn more about their work at StreamlinePodcast.com. And don't forget to head over to JeffCranston.com to learn more about Dr. Cranston, his books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. And Lord willing, next week, we'll be back with another great episode. Until then, go deeper. And until next time, always remember, the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's Word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.